right, good morning. Am I on? Okay. All right. Welcome to the new visitors. I am Van. All right. Uh, welcome to anyone uh, new watching us this morning or evening or whatever time. <laughs> so I believe God has given me a word that's going to uh, encourage you and give you hope. Amen. I believe he's giving me a word that's going to encourage you so much that it's going to it's going to cause you to fast for lunch. No. So I'm looking at some of your faces it's like, "Nah, man, that's not that's not going to happen." All right. <laughs> well, as you can see here, uh trustworthy is on the screen, but uh, if you notice here, there's a, there's a bonus week. Okay, so we've actually just finished uh, this series, but I'm, I'm bringing in a bonus week. And if you look all the way up there in the top left, um, there's an arrow pointing to a, a bullet point, and that says hope for restoration. Okay, so this is sort of like adding the cherry on top of what we've been uh, learning and preaching about the, the past uh, six weeks. And we're going to be looking into Isaiah 35, which speaks to uh, some future events that we, as follow, followers of Christ, really, really uh, 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 are, are looking forward to. Okay? We're, we're looking forward to some of these things that's going to happen. And, and when we look forward to that, that's going to give us some hope. It's going to give us some strength in, in, in times of, of trials or, or tribulations, okay? So just a quick recap over the past six weeks. Uh, the first week we looked at God's faithfulness, particularly his commitment to uh, his covenant. Uh, the second week was God's salvation, his willingness to save uh, the lost uh, person, uh, his passion and how he is jealous for us. Uh, week four was God's holiness and, and how righteous he is and how he's justified in his actions. Uh, next week was his spirit, which has been gifted to us so that we can live a victorious life. And lastly, uh, his, his remnant. You know, he's willing to save a remnant through judgment to, in order to preserve his covenant that he's made all the way back with Abraham. Okay? So we're going to be looking, again, at Isaiah 35. It's a prophetic word, okay, about the future, about uh, New Jerusalem. We're going to be looking into that to find hope and strength. But before we get into the word, let's pray. Uh, Lord Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's a foundation in our life and that we can look to it for strength and hope and everything we need. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Isaiah 35, it goes like this. Even the wilderness and desert, uh, desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain 
of Sharon. There the Lord will display His glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when He comes, He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The, the lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become parched ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land and will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beast. There will be no, more, uh, no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Alright? So let's do a, a quick recap. So the first seven verses, we see uh, the earth being restored. You know, you can get a picture of Eden in your mind. Remember, Eden had all the, the fruits and vegetables. Right? It was, it was a glorious place to live. Think of that being restored on our earth. There's joyful singing. All right? There will be parts of the earth where it is parched and dry, becoming lush and green. Uh, again, think of Eden in your mind. Think of all the deserts that are on our earth. Think about them coming alive with, with vegetation. Our bodies will be new. Amen? There will be no more sickness. We'll have no more blind people or lame or paralyzed people or anybody, anyone who's mute. All those, all those things will be gone. Hallelujah. Uh, and probably the most important thing of all, we will see the splendor of our God. We'll see the glory of Jesus Christ on this earth. And then verses 8-10, through 10, we see the victory over the enemy. Uh, verse 9 starts off with this, Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beast. Does that, does that jog your memory of someone? Does that remind you of someone? You know, someone prowling around like a lion, seeking whom they may devour? You know, Satan... And any other ferocious beast, his little minions going around doing his little stuff. You know, we won't have to deal with that anymore. We won't have to worry about uh, Satan and, and everyone who works for him trying to come into our lives and steal, kill, and destroy. 
Thou be done with. So, all these things which are great will come to pass. But I want to back up and, and really dwell on verse 8. It, it goes like this again. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will, it will be only for those who seek, uh, uh, only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. So what does that mean, this highway of holiness? What does that mean? Uh, before we get there, I'm going to take you on a uh, little history lesson. Okay, We're going to be looking at the significance of highways in ancient times. You know, we travel on roads today. There's a bunch of highways all around the world, and, and we don't really think about it, do we? We just turn on the car and we, we go to the place we need to go. But you know, way, way, way back in the day, those things uh, were, these roads were highways were very, very important. First and foremost, they allowed people to travel, but they were very important for business, for cities' uh, uh, progress or advancement. So, there were two main highways in ancient times between Mesopotamia, Egypt, and the lower Arabian Peninsula. Uh, one was named the King's Highway, and the other was named the Way of the Sea. Okay? The King's Highway largely skirted the desert and served desert peoples. It followed the highlands and ridges east of the Jordan and, and the Dead Sea. Some of the most spectacular desert scenery is found here. And then you will also find uh, uh, freshwater springs at various spots along the way. It ran from Damascus to the Gulf of Aqaba, and from there it forked into a route that crossed the Sinai to Egypt, and a route that ran the eastern coast of the Red Sea into the western Arabic coastal region. Here's some uh, biblical significance here. The King's Highway has always been an important road for pilgrims, traders, and conquerors. The Bible records it as the route that Moses and the children of Israel might well have taken when they were fleeing Egypt. Did you know that? It's most likely it was also the path that Abraham used to pursue the desert kings who had taken his nephew Lot when they, take, when they took him um, as a hostage. So you're seeing the significance of this king's highway. Uh, throughout later history, the King's Highway was a crucial resource uh, for kings and generals. On this highway, David and Solomon uh, secured trade and, and leverage over the eastern, their eastern neighbors, Moab and Edom. Okay, so what about the Way of the Sea? Um, the Way of the Sea was the principal coastal highway and the one most chosen by traffickers between Mesopotamia and Egypt. It was close to water. Uh, food sources and towns and avoided the highlands so you wouldn't be hiking a lot uh, along this way. Damascus was the northern junction and the path went from there to the Sea of Galilee, then through Jezreel Valley and Megiddo, reaching the Mediterranean coast. So you're seeing that uh, uh, these two highways were so, so important uh, in ancient times and 
as we go forth in, in this message, I want you to keep that in mind, how, how important uh, this highway is, is how this, has, how this pathway um, is, is very important. Think about that. Keep that in your mind. So getting back to the meaning of uh, verse 8. If we do some study, if we look for uh, some scriptures that cross-reference, we'll find Isaiah 40, verse 3, which gives us some, some insight. It says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Sounds like it belongs, right? I mean, we, we see in, in verse 8, it says a great road through a deserted land. We'll also find uh, John 14.6. You know, many of you probably know this scripture. It's, Jesus told them, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So this highway is, is representing uh, the way of the Lord. It's, re it's representing uh, a, a path of following Christ. And as we follow Christ on this highway, it's going to lead us into New Jerusalem. And New Jerusalem is, uh, is, is what we've been waiting for. It's going to come down out of heaven when Jesus comes and reigns on this earth. That's what we've been waiting for, New Jerusalem. And also later in verse 8, it says, evil-minded people will never, walk, uh, never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. You know, as followers, we're on that straight and narrow path. You know, where, where, where are the evil-minded people? Well, well we, we know they're on the broad road to destruction. And the evil-minded people are, are, are people who don't follow Christ. You know, we can, we can honestly say, you know, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus. But even, the Bible says, even Satan and the demons know Him. So we have to be followers of Christ to make sure that we are on the straight and narrow. And if we do some more study and, and cross-reference here, we find Revelation 21, verse 27. It says this, Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose name, names are written in the Lamb's book of life. See, Revelation 21 is actually talking about the New Jerusalem. I encourage you, if you haven't read Revelation 21 in your own time, either today or this week, go and read it. It is something beautiful. It's something wonderful. Every one of us should be eagerly, eagerly waiting for. It's, 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 it's the restoration of our planet. It's the res restoration of creation Itself. It's something that we should be desiring each and every day. And then in chapter 21, get this. This is verse 5. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. That confirms what we see in Isaiah 35, right? 
where we see the world being restored, everything's being healed. And, it, and, and then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. You know, if you're not seeing how God is, is confirming in this word that he's trustworthy, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's, he's, he's confirming Isaiah 35 and Revelation 21. And because of that, we can, we can look at that confirmation and say, I trust you, God, in your word. I can, I can trust God and the promises of his word. Well, some of you might be saying, well, well Van, that's great and dandy, you know. You know, that's, that's something to look forward to in the future, but uh, what about now? In my current situation, I, I need hope now. Well, I, I want to encourage you to, to really look into Isaiah 35 again. Because I think if you, if you, if you look deeper, not only is it hope for the future, I believe we can find hope in the now in your current situation, if you're going through a dark place or a trial, a tribulation, I believe you can look into Isaiah 35 and, and tell yourself, you know what? I don't know how long this situation is going to last, but I know it won't last. I know eventually my God is going to restore everything and you can find hope and you can find strength in that. To not give up. See, through God's word, he shows himself trustworthy. And we can lean not on our own understanding, but trust in his ways for him to bring us out of any trial or dark place we might be in today. I want you to have hope in God's timing. And the key, key words are God's timing. That He'll bring water into those dry places that you have and, and that things would become alive again and start to flourish. Or maybe there's parts of you that seem lame or blind or mute. I want you to have hope that God would heal those places in you and give you hope for His restoration. Because it is coming. It's coming. And speaking of now, we can, we can simply turn on the TV or turn on the browser and look in the news and look in the world. And, and we see the enemy's agenda progressing. We see it. And there might be some times for coming soon. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how soon. But according to the Bible, there's some times for us followers in Christ that it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get pretty hard. Okay? There's, there's some times where persecution is coming. There's, there's a lot of persecution in Africa right now. In China. Where people are losing their lives for following Jesus Christ. So, there are times where we can look toward to and look forward to and, and we, we're going to need hope. We're going to need hope. 
So we can look to chapters like uh, Isaiah 35 or maybe your favorite scripture to find strength and hope in. And that bears a question, will we be ready to stand on His Word in those times? It's to stand on His Word so that it can help us endure and keep our eyes on Jesus and find strength and hope to keep going. You know, Armand was talking about Paul earlier. And, and Paul has some hardships, man. He was given 40 lashes five times. You know, 40 lashes was enough to kill a man. He was shipwrecked three times. He was stoned. He went through perils upon perils throughout his entire life. But you know what? God gave him a glimpse. If you read your Bible, God gave him a glimpse of what was to come. And because of what he saw, he had hope to continue through every single trial and tribulation that came upon his way. So he is a great example of, of a person we can look to. The greatest example is Jesus. He knew what was to come. But he knew what path he had to take. And he did it because he loved you. He did it because he loved us. He didn't give up. He had hope in God's plan. Another question, how can we make sure we are ready? And the simple answer to that is investing in our relationship with Christ. You know, uh, some of you might be investors in here today. I don't know about you, but uh, for me, it seems like there's this little investing fat going on. You know, uh, maybe because of the stimulus and stuff like that, you, you know, people are saying, make sure you invest with, with some of this money. And, you know, investing takes time. You know, you have to pull up the chart. You have to look at it for hours sometimes. I don't. But some of these traders out here, they'll look at the chart for hours. You know, you got, you're looking for these entries and these, and these exits. Uh, people are doing research. They're trying to figure out what stock should I invest in? What coin should I invest in? And you know why they, they, they take so much time and they invest so much time into doing that? Because they want to profit. Who wants to lose money? They want to, they want to profit. They want to say, you know what, my, all my hard time and research, it's, all, it's, it's for something. It, it wasn't for nothing. So in the same way, you know, these investors are putting, so we got to invest in our relationship with Christ. We have to invest. But the difference is we won't have to worry about any negative balances. We won't when we invest in Christ. Or a loss for time, we will see the greatest return and profit that will last well beyond our years well beyond into eternity. So remember to store up your treasures in heaven. And if there's anything uh, 
that you remember here today. Here's this. So invest in your relationship with Christ and believe that hope and strength will come if we stand on the Word of God because in the Word of God, He confirms Himself and He shows Himself trustworthy and true. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You confirm Your Word. Lord Father, from from Isaiah and hundreds of years later, all the way with John and and Revelation. I pray, Lord Father, that uh, as we go through hard times on this earth, that we can look to your word and find hope and strength in it. Lord Father, that we look at what's coming just like Paul did and that we find strength in that to keep going and to never give up because You have made a covenant, and because of that covenant, you are trustworthy and true. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Um, If you're in here today and you've you've heard me talk about uh, investing in your relationship with Christ, and uh, you may be at a point where you don't have that relationship with Christ, I want to give you a chance to pray to enter in into that relationship. Is there anyone like that in here today who would like to enter in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Anyone today? You can raise your hand if you want to. Okay. All right. Lord Father, uh, thank you for everyone in here. Uh, thank you for everyone watching. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord Father. Lord, Father, as we go forth in the week and in the months and the years to come, I pray, Lord, Father, that we would find in your word certain scriptures, maybe favorite scriptures that we lean on, that we find hope in. And, Lord, Father, that we keep in mind that one day you will come back and restore everything. And that will give us hope to keep going. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, church, you are dismissed. Be strong. Amen.